walking down this yeah. street. Let's start it yeah. over. Well, so it like starts immediately. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So give us a little signal. Yeah, countdown. Okay, I'm going to start it right now. Three, two, one. Here we, Here we go. go. Walking down the street. We get the funniest looks Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, Angie Scott and Barb Carey. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventure Podcast. I'm Angie Scott. If you're just finding us, we are so glad you're here. And if you're a regular listener, thanks for coming back. We've been doing a lot of work the last couple of weeks putting together a media kit for the show and digging into some of our statistics and demographics. One thing we discovered is that 85% of the people who listen to the show are subscribers, and that's pretty awesome. Thank you, everyone, who has hit the subscribe button. It's a huge help because it moves us up in the ranks and it helps more people discover the show. And that means you never miss a show when we release bonus content like we're doing today. You're not going to want to miss out on stuff like that. We really appreciate it. Thanks also for taking the time to leave us reviews. Periodically, we'll be sharing reviews on the show. And here's one from Any Fish Will Do that was about the episode we did with Chaston Whitfield, which was episode 79. They said empowering the next generation this is my first podcast i listen to from here and i guarantee it won't be my last what a great segment this girl's making waves where no one has gone before she's tapping into an area where most people don't want to go people with disabilities and i love it my son has autism so when that mom cried i could relate it's the small things we celebrate as parents with kids with disabilities love her ideas and where she is taking this Thanks to all her sponsors who made this possible. I'll be sure to buy and promote your products. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and supporting anglers who are out there like Chastin who are making a difference. So if you've been following us on social media, you've got to see some of the adventures I had tagging along on the Florida portion of the Rippin' Hoppers Redfish Roadie Road Trip. Today's episode is a candid conversation we had while rolling in the minivan on our way to New Orleans. The timing's funny because as it turns out, it was a perfect follow-up from last week's episode that Barb hosted, which was called Confessions of a Mansplainer. If you missed that, go back and check it out. We got a ton of great feedback from that show, and the feedback we received was overwhelmingly positive. People really appreciated Lubaka sharing his story and message. I think all of us as anglers, male or female, need to be more self-aware when we're teaching others to not make assumptions or be too overbearing. As one of our guests on this episode, Jen Ripple, likes to say, it's fishing, and fishing's supposed to be fun. And I want to reiterate that none of us are trying to be negative or cut any one particular person or group of people down. We really appreciate all the instructors out there who are helping to introduce the sport of fishing to more people. We all have the same goals, whether it be conventional fishing or fly fishing. We believe in the R3 initiative, which is recruitment, retention, and reactivation. 
That's why these types of conversations need to be had. We know that everyone out there has really big hearts and the best of intentions, but it never hurts to take a step back and become more self-aware like Labaka did. When we're so passionate about something like fishing or even sports like shooting or archery, we tend to have what's called the curse of knowledge. We forget that not everyone knows all the terminology. We start talking over their heads and that can cause a less experienced angler to put up a wall. I'm telling this to myself just as much as anyone else. So we hope you enjoy this conversation about observations we had from the Redfish Roadie Road Trip. It was super fun. Jen Ripple from Dunn Magazine and Heather Hodson from United Women on the Fly. Rippin' Hopper's Adventure. Enjoy. Walking down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, we're the anglers. People say we monkey around, but we're too busy fishing to put anybody down. We're just trying to be friendly. Come and watch us teach and play. We're the young generation. And we've got something to say. Woo! Live from the Redfish Roadie Rippin' Hoppers Adventure 2019, the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast is on the road, and we're headed to New Orleans right now. Yeah! Woo! So, 2,200 miles, five states, four events, rolling in the minivan. That's right, that's right. We're rolling in the minivan. We're rolling in the minivan. <laughs> you can tell we're uh, getting a little delirious. <laughs> no, but it's been a super, super fun trip so far, and I'm, I feel so blessed to have the opportunity to be along for a good portion of this trip. Well, honestly, we're the blessed ones, Angie, because oh. you have made it so much fun, and it's been oh. awesome to have you. Well... Thank you so much. Uh, it's yeah. It's we started out. You got y'all picked me up in Nashville. That's right. And we drove straight from there to Homosassa, which was how long? That was a uh, like thirteen hours to do that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So kicked it off right. <laughs> Rolled in at you know I don't know. It was after midnight. One a.m. One a.m. I yep. missed uh, two. Th- so the problem with driving that long is that you get a little delirious so I missed two stop like two exits and with Florida there's so many swamps that the next exit is until 30 miles so it definitely took us a little bit longer than it should have because I um, was getting tired <laughs> understandably yeah we had a super awesome place to stay in Homosassa oh. it was amazing we had a cabana boy <laughs> Uh, an adopted mother for you. Oh yeah, I have an adopted mom now, which is super cool. Um, and so I'm I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody has been so amazing. We've had uh, community casting events along the way. So we did one. The first one was in Homosassa, and then there was one in the Everglades, and then Stewart, Florida. And uh, I got to cast a little bit in Homosassa, and that was cool. And then we went out with a guide named Kyle. Katie's in the car with us, too. Katie and I went out with Kyle, and we I caught my first fish on the fly. 
Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. And it was a Jack Kerbal, so it fought pretty, pretty hard. Heck yeah. And then uh, it was on Katie's Rod. Yep, my cool. favorite kind of boat. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, but, you know, we've been talking a little bit along the way about, you know, I'm a conventional angler, and, you know, we should just all get along with each other. Agreed. So, you know, the, the other day in Stewart, was it Stewart that we no. went out with um, Charlie? Everglades yep, City. Stewart. Oh, it was Everglades yeah. City. Yeah, we went out with Charlie, and so... Jen was in the back, and Heather was in the front, and they were both doing their fly casting thing, and I was in the middle with my little spinning rod and reel, and it kind of worked out great, because we, all three of us were able to fish. Um, so, yeah, um, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, why, well, Jen, you have a story about, you know the history behind, like, why fly fishing isn't allowed in, like, the bass tournaments. Yeah, so, uh, rumor has it that... Back in the day, there was a bass tournament, and there was an angler who was a fly angler, but he also had advanced degrees, and he studied bass in particular, and so he knew the habitat for bass. He knew where they eat and what they, you know, where they live and all of that, and he won the tournament, but because he used a fly, they thought it was because he used a fly, and so that's why flies are not allowed in bass tournaments. I think that that should change. I mean, if somebody wants to fly fish, why not? You know? I think we're at a disadvantage. Yeah. To, I mean, we saw your lure out there, and there's no way that a fly can compete no. with what they have exactly. on the market today. So. Well, and not only that, but I mean, if you want to educate yourself prior to a tournament, so be it, right? Like, if you are educated, um, you know, every, yeah. everyone can educate themselves exactly. on a fishery and how to fish. Um, a certain species or where you're going. I mean, we all try to research a lake that we're going to go to or a river or us, you know, what, what kind of flies or lures do you need to go saltwater fishing? So educating yourself is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we all have equal opportunity to educate ourselves if yeah. we want to do so. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I had some observations kind of being from the outside uh, of the fly fishing world, and I think you know that this kind of goes across the board. But um, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say any specifics or anything like that. But I, I noticed, you know, some of these older club guys that came at some of the events to help out. Uh, there was a little bit of an intimidation factor. I felt, you know. Um, like, yeah, unfortunately, that still exists, right? Yeah, so fly fly angling is a little intimidating to an outsider as it is. But then when you've got somebody who is, you know, I don't know, acting like they're an expert and, like, trying to teach you, but maybe not in the best, especially for a beginner, maybe not using the best methods. I don't know. Well, and the elitism that was in our sport, and we think, you know, is changing, it was kind of obvious that at times it was still there, you know, and that's a shame because I don't, you know, I don't think that that's what fly fishing should be about. It's no longer that elitism sport where, you know, only the rich can buy a beat and fish, and, and it shouldn't be because it's fun and it's easy and, 
you know, it's a lot easier than it, I think than throwing a bait caster. I mean, I've never done it, but it, that looks extremely difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think too, you know, a lot of the um, people that came out, I think that they had good intentions. I think though that they were not aware of, um, of themselves, meaning, you know, Jen and I, we travel around the country and the world and we teach, you know, anglers how to fish. So we're very experienced at teaching new anglers. We know how to make people feel comfortable. We're not fly, we're not casting experts, but we're experts at getting anglers involved, having fun and not feeling intimidated. So we know how to approach um, new anglers and how to be nice and how to um, critique in a pro- in a way that doesn't make you feel like you want to crawl up in a hole and, and, and never do it again. You know, we, we want to encourage people to continue it and only get better and better with every pick up and lay down. And um, I think sometimes the uh, people that have been around fly fishing for a long time, they forget that. And they, you know, think that they, yes, I mean, they might be an experts in certain aspects, but they're not uh, um, as thoughtful or mindful as getting new people involved and making them feel welcome to the sport. Yeah, you make a good point because we're doing the bronze challenge, and that's a beginning level yeah. casting challenge. And so the people that are coming out are not taking their casting instructor test, which is a completely different thing offered by Fly Fishers International. And so I think that, you know, I think you're right. It is with the best of intentions, but they forget that these are new anglers and that the sole purpose of this is for them to, you know, practice their casting and get more involved in the sport that we love. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I love how you make a point to make it fun. Um, It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be the super technical uh, stand this way, don't shift your weight, you know, that whole thing. Um, I know Katie, we went out one day with a guide who uh, was a little kind of over the top. I would say pushy is the word, but, you know, as pushy as he was, I asked for it, and I learned something from every caster, so I needed to hear the corrections he was making, but he was just... You know, a lesser woman wouldn't have been able to put up right. when he put it that way. I didn't. I, I chose not to touch a lot of fly rod. And I knew that. Day. I knew yeah. that. Once he started coaching me, I thought, oh, boy, Angie's not going to want to try this at yeah, all. Yeah, and that's he, too bad. You it know? Was, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were with uh, Michael Morey and Stewart, and he said something that kind of hit home to both Jen and I. It's like he's not going to change the world overnight. He's not going to correct your cast you know, he might be able to give you a couple pointers, but right. he can't um, completely change somebody. And I like that. I like that approach. You know, if um, not for me, you know, both Jen and I are good anglers and decent casters. And I, I was screwing up and I've been casting a long time. I teach casting and I'm still screwing up and that's I'm human. And um, this specific type of casting, I don't always do all the time. So I think looking from within, knowing that as a decent angler, um, that you still, there's so much room for improvement. And that I um, I really value the fact that Michael didn't um, try to change me completely. But when I asked for help, he was willing to give that and was in a really kind and great way that made me feel comfortable well and too you know i know for me like i feel like i have a pretty good handle on my my cast you know not all the time obviously 
but I have a pretty good handle on the double ball, and I can cast far distance pretty accurately. And, you know, when someone critiques my cast, if they give me too many things to think about, uh, my cast just goes yeah. to pot, right? right? Because yeah. I think I feel like the more I think about my cast, the worse it gets. It's got to be a feel kind of thing. And so when an instructor, kind of like what maybe you experienced, Katie, was, you know, do this and this and this and this and this mm-hmm. and this, and you're thinking about ten things, and right. you're like, right. oh, my God, was there anything in my cast that was good? Yeah. yeah. Whereas the difference was Michael was like, well, you know, if you just try this little thing right now, this mm-hmm. is something that... And he even said, this is for, I'll the teach you two things. One is for the now and one is for later on. And I thought that was really good. This is going to take, this will take you five minutes and it'll change your cast right now. But in the future, think of this. You know? It was great. What's and also important is I think I have learned something from everyone who's ever coached me. I have, you know, something they have said resonated that no one else had, had gotten through to me yet. And that's, I was fortunate enough to pass my bronze. Yay! I had to thank people from Paul Tahara in the Florida Keys to Damon Blankenship and Tony Weaver in Alaska, you know, and every coach I've had in between, even um, Forks, Washington, West Coast of yes. uh, uh, Jeff Braz's Lodge with Alyssa Falls, you know, the guides, Alyssa, the guides there, everyone that I, every guide that I've ever been with, every instructor I've always, ever been with, I've always, they've all made me a better caster still up to this point. Well, and that's your attitude, right? right. It's the way that you go into right. it as well, you know, and that, and that helps, but it also helps when you feel like you're invited into that space instead of like an intrusion yeah like my some of my terms are hey let's dance right Right. let's let's move us shake our bodies you know and and by doing that that can increase your casting stroke you know and and so you're utilizing fun ways and fun terms and fun ideas in order to make you a better caster and a lot of times anglers are very stiff Right, really hardcore. They're just like when they're trying to cast, and I'm like, let's just chill this out. Let's Bob Marley this, you know. <laughs> we all know what Bob, you know. So I often um, find my shoulders like this when yeah. I'm casting, you know, and I have to stop. Okay, drop your shoulders and relax a minute. Yeah, right? and I think for for me personally, it's it's verbiage like that, and uh, and ways that I teach that I try. I think it puts people at ease, and it makes them a better caster. So when someone that is uh, an, uh, an elitist or, or feels that they're, you know, an amazing instructor and they look down on me for the way that I instruct because of the choices of words that I use, I don't appreciate that. I feel that, you know, I've learned from some, just like Katie, you know, I have some of the most amazing mentors that there is all over the world, you know, and um, I've learned a, a little bit from every single one of them, but I'm making it my own as I instruct. And... I think that when people look at both Jen and I and the way that we instruct, they might think that it's not as prim and proper or as like, yeah, the right terminology and all this stuff. But we're, we're, we're at the end of the day, it's fishing and it's supposed to be fun, right? That's Jen's quote. Like that's the way it is. And you can't, you can't think that someone that's going to take a bronze challenge is going to want to know all of those, like doesn't that's not necessarily why they're there they're there to socialize in the community aspect and to be a part of what we're offering and you're introducing new anglers to the sport who are hopefully going to enjoy fly fishing and you know when at that first casting event uh, jen was working with me a little bit and it was fun and i felt very relaxed and then uh, a little bit later on in the day, a couple of the older gentlemen came over and they were like, 
I was just kind of, you know, casting, just kind of getting the feel for it or whatever. And they were like, okay, you got to do this and cock your wrist, you know, cast to the side. I'm like, well, wait a second, you know, I don't think I'm supposed to cock my wrist. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, it totally felt my best analogy if anybody out there golfs. It totally felt like golf to me, like keep your head down, you know, fall through, like, you know, all all these hundred things you got to be thinking about, and then all of a sudden it's super overwhelming and you don't want to do it. Right. So I really also really love to see, um, I think it was Michael Mori, is is he the one from Germany? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I love that Stuart, how at that, when we all got back in from the, we were on the Chidham Skiffs out there. And we all got back in, and um, Jen and Heather were there, and Michael was showing them some of his teaching techniques. And I love that you're always students, you know. Oh, yeah. Some of these people, it seems like they get to the point where they're like, I'm the expert, I don't have anything to learn, you know, I'm not going to. But they're shooting themselves in the foot, you know. Great. And, um, like, for instance, the person that we were out with, we were talking about that was kind of a little overbearing. Um, one of the things he kept bringing up was how he feels like he wishes all the fly anglers, the instructors, would teach people not to rock back and forth or move their body when casting because he had then feels like he has to reteach everybody that he guides because they're not, they shouldn't be doing that. I didn't realize that you were, yeah, I didn't realize you were on the boat with the only expert caster in the world. (laughs) Wow, what a privilege you had. Right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's got to reteach everybody, and I think that's the wrong attitude, like the right intention with the wrong attitude. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 I I get he's, you know, wanting people to have success. Well, and I had never cast, it would have been, I'd have cast in a skiff like that, but it's certainly not something I do every day, and again, even, he was, he was overbearing, but I was up on the front platform, and or at the front of the skiff, and as I would cast, I was shifting my weight back and forth. So I literally was rocking the boat, you know. So he did have to, t- have to tell me, you know, put all your weight in your left foot and, and keep it there, you know. But it wasn't something I was used to. Well, and I think the other thing, too, you know, from us fishing all over the world, you know, that there's there's all different types of fishing. Exactly. There's saltwater right. water fishing from... A skiff. They're sneaking up on ginormous brown trout in New Zealand. They're swinging for 30 plus inch rainbows in Alaska. There is, you know, there's so many different types of fishing and it's okay sometimes to rock your body, right? It's, it's not you, when you come into a saltwater world, yes, you know, that could potentially cause some wakes that could maybe cause some noise that could maybe spook the fish, but there's so much other type of fishing all over the world that it's not just that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was specific for that type of fishing. Absolutely, yep. I think you gotta be, you gotta do what feels comfortable and enjoyable to you. Right. I mean, you know, my casting stroke, it's funny, my photographer, people that know me, they always say, Oh, yep, that's a, that's a Jen Ripple cast, you know, because my cast is more open. I'm used to casting, you know, really strong double hulls and wind and casting long distance. And so, you know, I do that even then, because it's muscle memory, I do that even when I'm not fishing in really 
windy conditions, and that's just my casting stroke, you know, right or wrong, whatever. It is what it is. That's what works for me. And it's okay. That's okay. Yep. Well, and I think, too, you know, like, this is not bashing this. I mean, this isn't, this like, we, this isn't, I think, for listeners, this isn't bashing on, you know, people that are instructors or that are very accomplished and are, are experts. Um, I think more what this is is uh, self-awareness of, of knowing how to approach a new caster and a new angler and knowing not to, um, you know, to limit your verbiage, limit, you know, just to one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm somebody and um, make it applicable to them. Make it fun. Be open. Be warm. And just how to approach a new a new caster, I think, is kind of, this isn't like bashing on those that are that are very accomplished because you know some of those uh, casters have put a lot of work into these certifications that they've received so and you know in, in their defense I, there is a, a challenge when you're a guide and you only have a few hours with somebody and you really want them to have success and catch a fish so I'm sure they feel a certain amount of pressure for the person that, you know, is on the boat trying to catch a fish, you know, they want them to do what they need to do to make that happen. Right. So I Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, you know, Jen and I are so used to uh, being, you know, we have a lot of new people that want to be a part of it and want to be a part of this incredible community that we are all, um, that we are all developing and creating. So... All right, I hope you enjoyed our conversation and got something out of it. At the end of the day, we're all just trying to make a positive impact in fishing. Check out the little bonus episode we released today as well. Also recorded in the minivan, you'll get to meet some of the amazing ladies who joined us along the journey. This is when we were headed from Stewart, Florida to Tampa, sadly dropping some of them off at the airport. You'll get to meet Linda Leary from Fishywear. Jessica Haydall, who's an amazing photographer and videographer. Jackie Kutzer from Orvis, whom we had on the show previously, way back on episode 27. It was awesome to finally meet Jackie in person. And you'll hear more from Jen Ripple and Heather Hodson, as well as Heather's sweet mom, Carol. We hope to have some of these ladies back on the show for more further in-depth conversations with them but uh be a little fly on the wall on our redfish roadie road trip and check out that little bonus episode thanks for listening everyone